In, in lightning. Inspirational. Inspirational. Powerfully refining. Powerfully refining. And unapologetically controversial. Conversations with, with the Royal Impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your queendom and become the Royal Empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the Royal Empress. Now Akima, she's the analytical Empress. Akima, she's the Empress that will challenge you. And Lakeshe Nadira, she's the Empress who tells it like it is. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversation with the Royal Empress. start a, a, a conversation off uh, this stems from actually uh, some dialogue I've been having on Facebook with some sisters and it started from one of my Facebook friends posting you know those memes that's on social media and it says can I fix a broken man so it was just sort of like a meme so other people started started uh, commenting on it and a lot of the responses were that the that our black men need to be fixed that they're broken so we were having dialogue back and forth um some of the comments that were made in in the in the in the social thread was oh well you know we need to out teach these brothers we need to we need to out sex them or or what was the other term used out nourish them and my response to that was those are competitive terms. So we need to be clear. Yes, our men are broken, but as black women, we're broken as well. So I would like to really like to discuss this. So I want to open the floor for anyone who had any comments on it. It's a really good topic. Um, and I think it, it just within the question in and of itself, it speaks volume. Um I've heard similar discussions before, and I know oftentimes as women, I believe that it is our nature to desire um, and feel as if we are in a position of being able to fix, because this is a, a role, I believe, that oftentimes we feel that we must fulfill, Um and in many cases, there is nothing wrong with it. I think it can be a problem when we don't fully understand what it is that we have in front of us that we're attempting to fix. You know, what does it mean to fix anything? You know, are we talking about fixing food? Are we talking about, you know, fixing um, something like a, a utensil that's broken? You know, what exactly are we defining as fixed? And I think when we are clear on that, then we have to look at what our capabilities are. Um, I know earlier um, when we were having a discussion on something similar, um, I believe that it came up about others or those who feel, particularly the woman in this case, that uh, she can or has the ability to fix something, you know, may need very well need fixing herself, which definitely is the case in, in many situations because we do all need, we all, you know, we all need to be fixed in some kind of way. But I think when we're clear on what it is, because it's not like we're talking about a toy, you know, it's not like we're talking about other types of damaged goods. We're talking about an actual human being. and it's easy for us, I believe, to just automatically want to just jump in and fix mainly because that is it's just a part of nature of who we are. 
but it's a matter of being clear as to how we're defining it and what it is that we have in front of us that we're attempting to work on. Now, I'm not saying that we can actually do it. I'm not giving a definite, although I definitely have, you know, my, my, my thoughts on that. But what I am saying is that before we get in the kitchen or get into the laboratory and begin to do the work, we have to look at what actually what the work involves, what it entails, who or what it is that we're attempting to work on and be clear on what is needed in our capacity level. So I'm going to jump in and just say that I, I think I have just a little bit of a, a a different perspective, I guess. I don't I don't I don't think that people can fix other people. So that let's just start there for me. Um, I think that at the point that you believe that you can fix someone else is a problem because I think that everything is an inside job and that people have to have a desire if there is something wrong with them, if then they have to have that desire to want to do that for themselves. You can't really look outside of yourself, I think, for a, a remedy to whatever is wrong with you. And as far as people saying, well, you know, at your point, Hakima, with the conversation that you were having with the different women, you're quick to point out someone else's flaws, but then you're not looking internally at yourself. So how right, is it right. that you have this insight into someone else and what's wrong with him? But more importantly, if he is broken, why why are, why are you even why are you trying to fix him? Why are you not allowing him to go out and be a man and fix himself if that's what he needs to do? You're not his mother. And I agree with a saying from from the 1800s with Frederick Douglass that says it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Hmm. So mm-hmm. that process starts at the beginning and I get that we all have our issues as 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 it pertains to being black and ble- being in America, but I think that's very different than being broken in the sense of depression and anxiety and things like that. Um, just you know, or or the way that you were raised, where you have this poor outlook on life in general, and somebody is trying to quote unquote rescue you. So I don't think that you know, I don't think that if women are looking to have good relationships. With men, you can't you can't go into that thinking that that you're going to be able to fix this person to be in a relationship with you. I'm gonna. Um, there was an article that I was reading in Psychology Today, and um, there's a PsyD named uh, Seth Myers who said that rescuing wounded souls inevitably ends in a failed relationship. So if that person really has a wounded soul, something that you're trying to repair, but they're not necessarily seeing it themselves, they're not trying to fix it themselves, then you're just, what are you doing? You're beating your head up against the wall because you're trying to change something that somebody actually has to understand and be willing to change themselves. And that's just my opinion. So, yeah, I think that if you have this attitude like, yeah, well, we have to do this for black men, we have to do that for black men, no, you don't. He has to do it for himself. That's what being a man, as far as I'm concerned, is all about. It's accountability. Yeah. Maybe you can point something out to him, but he has to be willing and he has to go about fixing that himself. My thing is if the man is broken, then let him go fix himself, and then once he gets whatever those issues are worked out, then he's suitable for you. Until then, keep on moving. That's just how and I, I, mm-hmm, I agree with you. I really do. Um, but I also, back to what I had stated originally, I guess, again, it's about the defining of what one considers to be fixing because by all means I feel that um, a person who is broken, who comes and enters into a relationship, um, there's nothing that anybody can do about that until that person gets themselves together. I'm really speaking really on, a, a, I, guess a, 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 I guess, more of a spiritual level of how I'm looking at fixing, not necessarily, I guess, in the same way. Um, so I guess the best way for me, uh, to kind of maybe describe it is when I, um, and and I kind of put up a definition, which of course there are many definitions. So one says to fasten, 
something securely in a particular place or position. Um, let's see. Another one says directs one's eyes or attention or mind steadily, unwavering towards um, to attract and hold. Uh, let's see here to mend and repair, and in this case, I guess more so that fits that particular um, example, mending and repairing from what um, from from the perspective that you are giving, uh, Akila. Um, another definition is to do necessary work to improve and adapt to something, uh, to make arrangements for organizing, um, to provide, to supply, to furnish, to restore order, or tidiness to something, especially hair, clothes, makeup, et cetera, et cetera. So I can go on and on. But I think the various um, examples of the different levels of fixing, it doesn't necessarily always, at least in my opinion, it doesn't necessarily always mean um, that the person has to necessarily mend something back together it could be, or the way at least I was looking at it in a union, as providing just necessary uh, level of support to assist in approving, improving, excuse me. Um, so what comes to my mind is thinking about how, as a woman, our job, or at least for me, I believe that a part of our job, especially in a relationship, is to be that help meet for your other half, helping them to meet um, their goals, being a consoler, um, being as what we describe as the heaven and the support, you know, the consoler uh, for the man. Um, I know that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught that 75% of the work was with the women, and most of the time that uh, particular statement was very much misunderstood because many feels, feel like, well, 75% of the work is with the women. That means the men only has 20, 25%, right? And, yes, this is true, but I, it, on another level, it is saying that because for the woman, we know that when you teach um you are teaching what? Well, we say that when a man teaches a, a, a person, he's teaching an individual. But when a woman, you're teaching like a whole nation. So a lot is required of the woman because of the many complementary um, attributes that she has by her being like the second self of God. So being the mother in type, not just in the relationship with her child, but being the nurturing type, then she naturally automatically comes to the table whether or not she's trying to or not. She comes to the table with something that the man needs to act as a support, you know, for him. So, again, um, even though I do agree and I understand exactly the point that you're making, um, Akiva, I, I see fixing um, in a different, you know, in a different um, light. I may read, let me read this, Psalms thirty-four, eighteen. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. I think the, the proper question that we should be asking is, how can I help God help perfect this man? Um, the, the scripture clearly says that that's, that's God's duty, to work with someone who is brokenhearted, and, and and oftentimes a person that's brokenhearted, it could be from a lack of knowledge of God or lack of submission to God. So I, the proper question, would, a, a wise question would be, what what can I do to help assist God in helping him make a man or a better man that I have? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think that is um, it's a beautifully put. That's some of the. Mm -hmm. That's much of the reason why we don't have the man we desire is because we need to get right with God first. We need to submit. It, it scriptures mm -hmm. it, in Quran it says submit. They're submitting men. They're submitting women. So they we come together in pairs. 
So if you want a good man, you have to first be a good woman. If you want a, a spiritual man, you have to first be a spiritual woman. So it's important mm-hmm. that if we want to have a righteous man, we need to be striving to be righteous women. So we need to submit a submissive woman. Now you on a level of attracting a submissive man, but we can't mm-hmm. do the opposite of what we're trying to attract or what we're trying to live. So if we understand, you mentioned that we are helpmeets, and then we have to understand a help me to who. The the our, our problem with us as black women, we don't want to submit to the true and living God. We just don't want to do it. We don't want to do right. Uh, in the debate I had with the sister, the first I, 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 the first thing I mentioned to her from the sentence that she said, I said, you threw out sex. I said, that's the problem. We can't present sex to a man first. And then we after we present sex to a man first, now you just challenged him. And you challenged the conquering nature of him. And he's going to conquer you because by nature he's a conqueror. And we're not conquerors by nature. So once he conquers you, he moves on to conquer something else. So when we present that aspect of ourselves, you're telling him, I have nothing better to offer you. This is for the moment, and that's all I can offer you. So what you may think is not a good man or maybe a broken man, he may not be showing you, or you may not have the wisdom to access the good of that man. He's going to do what he's going to do, what he's challenged to do, and he's going to move on. And that's something that we have to understand as women. Absolutely. That's true. And you can't be an adversary to God and then think he's going to bless you with his son. You know, Mm-mm. the black man Or you're his daughter. Mature. <laughs> right, that's true. The black man is made in God's image. That's his son. Not, I'm not negating the, the value that we bring, but I just want to make that point that you want to be blessed with his son. Why would he give you one of his sons if you're not acting like one of his daughters? And that's something mm-hmm. that we have to understand. It's like a parent. I will bless my child with what they want when they do what I want them to do. That's just all part of parenting, and God is a parent to us. You know, he's a God to us, but he parents us, he develops us, he nourishes us. One thing I do want to add, too, is we talk about 75% of the workers with the 75% of the workers with the woman. Well, the man has an X chromosome. That X chromosome is there, and it's only there so that he can submit to do the will of God. Without that X chromosome, that black man would not submit to God. That's where we come in. Our job is to help keep him on that path, to help remind him that he is to remain in submission to do the will of God. That's what we're helping him to do, to help him stay on the path. So, yes, 75% of of the work is with the woman. A lot of that is within that submissive nature of that man and us making sure that he stays in submission to do the will of God. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's so easy for a godly woman to be able to, because you talked about submission earlier too, uh, as well, Hakima, and you know how women sometimes do not want or some women don't want to submit, but when you have fallen in love first with God, and you understand what your purpose is and what your nature is, it's very easy to submit because you understand the nature in which you were created, and so then you just fall right on, you know, right into that path with with ease. Um, and then sometimes the more that you are away from God, the more that your relationship is not strengthened or the you know, if it's not strengthened, if it's not where it should be, then, of course, the harder that it becomes to be in submission. And naturally, if we see God represented in the man that we desire or the man that we have chosen as our mate, then it becomes easier and easier for us to submit to that man. But then when we don't see God represented in that man and he's very far from the path of God, then he can't tell us anything because no woman is trying to submit to a man who's not submitting to God, mm, you know. You so so we begin to automatically rebel. So even though you did mention, yes, women don't want to submit, but why don't they want to submit? They don't want to submit because they may be chasing and running after the wrong thing who is not really a true reflection of her father, you know, her spiritual father. And so, therefore, it makes it to, it becomes a struggle. You know, it's like somebody's taking a, a horse and attempting to force them 
you know, to do something that really is not in their nature to do only because our natural self is to submit to God. And when we don't see God represented, we we rebel, and we're going to raise hell until you begin to be that man that we desire. I was going to say, I saw a uh, post, somebody put up a post today, where they were advised by someone that you allow that man to lead even if he leads you into a a brick wall. And I started laughing (laughs) because I'm like, "Uh, yeah, right. So just with what you just said about us wanting to submit to somebody who's already submitting to God, and it just made me think about that comment that, you're not going to follow a man that's going to lead you to hell. No. <laughs> so, so, mm-hmm. so you have these people who think, I mean, because we're, cause we're throwing that term submit out there too, and so sometimes people, they, they do get spooked by that because they think you're telling me to submit to this man's lead and any man's lead, and it's not any man's lead that you're going to submit to. And so mm-hmm. he has to be in submission himself before he can... I actually get that woman to be submissive, and that creates a lot of problems too. And I think that's why people also think that they're trying to quote unquote repair or do whatever because they don't see him as the man that he could or should be because mm-hmm. he's not in alignment with the thinking of God. And so you're going to have that image where that woman thinks that she has to do something more than what she really has to do. And that's why it's so important. Um, in the beginning before you even get to that point of being in this relationship that you have uh, made sure that you've chosen wisely. And the only way to do that is by taking a good look in the mirror at yourself and fully understanding who you are as a woman and becoming the woman of God that you desire to be first before you go out seeking um, company of someone else. Because when you do it the opposite way and you don't go through the proper channels, you know, courtship or what have you, then it makes it very difficult now um, for you to really be clear even in your vision, you know, um, what it is that you really, really need, desire, and want. Because now you're putting, and I won't even say need, you you begin to put the needs first um, or what you think you might need because you might even misconstrue it or confuse it as something else. So do you all think that the, the, the women that are saying, or the women who see a man and says that a man is broken, that she needs to do something for this man because he's broken, why do you think women are saying that? They're saying that because it comes from different places. Some women will say that if they can't control the man. Some women will mm-hmm. say that if they don't have the wisdom to help direct him to where he needs to go to deal with whatever issues he has. If you can't if you can't point him in the right direction, it's going this this relationship is gonna be a problem for you as well. And I think it's nothing wrong with identifying that there's an issue in your mate, something's not right with them or they're not seeing something in the right perspective or they're not demonstrating the behavior that you expect or the behavior that they should demonstrate. But it's it's one thing to come from a place of it's it's, it's, on, it's something wrong with you. It's not something wrong. Maybe it's I'm not a good gardener. I mean, because I could, I, could uh, I could plant seeds in the garden and, and won't get nothing, but you can plant seeds in the garden and you can get you can get vegetables, you can get whatever. I I have to look at myself and say, man, okay, you just three or four feet away from me, and I'm doing the same thing you're doing, but I'm not getting the same results. Sometimes it's just the person that's just not a good gardener. So therefore, mm. it goes back to the soil. You know, maybe it could go back to the soil, uh, and it could go back to your process. You know, what are you trying to plant it in? Because every good Mm. seed needs a good place to be able to be nurtured, to grow. And then what are you watering it with? If you're not providing it with the proper nourishment, then a good seed can, won't produce what it 
is known to produce. Mm-hmm. And then what season are you planting it in? If you take a good seed, you can take a good apple seed, and you can plant it in the dead of winter in January. And it's not going to mm-hmm. give you the fruit of its labor. So sometimes we're dealing with something being out of season, not having the proper nourishment, not being a good foundation. You know, it could be a combination, as you said, of many different things. And so being able to identify which one is it, and again, it go, that goes back to how you start or being able to mm-hmm. first evaluate and looking at the tools that you have. Do you even have the proper tools to even dig up the dirt, to even, you know, mm-hmm. put the seed where it needs to be put? Do you have the proper tools to come into this relationship? Or do you need to take a step back and go back to training class, go back to ground mm-hmm. zero, go back to a class where you can be taught? Some of us have never been taught. And mm-hmm. so we come empty-handed thinking about thinking that we're about to make this well well excuse me, well made man. Mm. I would like, well, you know, like to I would like to give an I'll example say. too, because mm-hmm. sometimes we you know I'll give it a, a perfect example. Having a conversation with a sister, right? And she's talking about everything her man is not doing. Then she mm-hmm. gets mad. He go and do it with someone else, case in point. I, I he won't even open the door for me. Okay, he don't open the door for you when you're upset and you think it's something wrong. It's kind of, man, he don't respect me. He don't do this. He don't do that. Then your relationship sours and you break up and then you find out he's doing that for some other woman. But, yeah, what did she do to get him to do the same thing that you wanted him to do but he wouldn't do for you? These are some of the issues that as women we'll have. We'll be upset with Hmm. a man because we want him to read our mind like he's psychic. And or like you mentioned before, some brothers probably was never taught to to open the door for a sister. You have to you have to tell that man, brother, this is what I would what what I need in a relationship. I need a man that's gonna treat me like a king. Cause when you treat me like a king, my brother, I would I treat me like a queen. I would definitely treat you like a king. You'll get better results that way. But oftentimes we don't like you say we don't use the right tool to get the right results. We don't get the right vegetable to grow. But we don't get the vegetable mm. to go at all. We don't go about things the right way. Oh, this brother won't. This brother don't make enough money. Okay, well, what did you do to help him find a job to get to make more money? Or what? What did you do to help drop to plant that seed in his mind to make him want to get a job or to make him feel like he's even capable or have the skills to get a better job? Or did you just beat him down? You nigga, you need to go get a job. Ain't that how sometimes women come at a man and come at them really foul? You ain't this, you ain't that. Instead, steady coming at them saying, you know what, my brother, you you better than you better than where you at. You deserve better. Why don't you apply over here? He may not really think that he can do that, but we know how we have the power of words when it comes to our men. We have the power to build them up. We have the power to tear them down. We already yeah. seen our power to tear them down. Let's see the power that we have to build them up. Hey, brother, go over there and apply. Matter of fact, here's the website where you can go and apply. You can apply online. So that brother apply and get the job and say, baby, thank you so much. I never, I didn't even really think I could get better. So it's something, like you said, it's about the tool. It's about the approach. So what we think we may not be able to get out of a man, what we think we can't access, what we think is broken in him, it just hasn't been accessed. It hasn't been cultivated. Mm. You can only lift him up if you're lifted. How can I lift you if I'm down in the ditch, you know? How can I pull you if I'm down below? It, it really equates to that word of wholeness, uh, which is it leads me to this beautiful quote um, that I um, saw earlier that I posted on our page, and it actually comes from none other than our very own Akila, who's on the line with us now in this conversation. <laughs> but she said earlier, she said, believe it or not, a man who is whole will let you know at the onset what what his intentions are. Oh yeah. If he is ready to settle down, he dates for a purpose, and that purpose is to commit. You may not be that person, and if not, a man who is whole will not waste your time because he's on a mission to find his proper mate. Mm. 
Make sure, make sure you are on the same page and make sure that you are whole and that he truly is whole. Anything less than whole, people will create a spiritual drain. How powerful is that? that was and how perfect that, that is that for this powerful. very conversation. Because you yeah. have to have whole pieces come in. I know we've had this conversation before in other conversations with the royal emperors, but, you know, not half pieces coming together to make a whole, but two whole people who are already whole, not meaning that you're perfect, not meaning that you have yourself all together, but you're just not chipped up and broken all apart, expecting for somebody to necessarily glue you back together. You're whole, therefore you can, you can absolutely assist one another, you know, on this path to being even greater. I thought that was just such a timely and, and you know, beautiful yeah. quote. Thank you, Akiva, yeah. for sharing that with us. Yes, that was beautiful. I was like, whoa, that's deep. That was beautiful. Yeah, it was. It it just made me think about uh, people when I when I see people struggling in relationships, and it's like you you're coming together. You don't have it together. This person doesn't have it together, and you're really not ready for what you're embarking on. And so then the attacks begin. He's not yeah. this. He's not that. She's not this. She's not that. But you didn't mm-hmm. take the time. You know, to to fix something in you before you went out there looking. Yes, yes, yes. And that so that's why yes. sometimes when I hear people saying, "Oh, this person is this," well, it, instead of criticizing, so I agree with the whole thing about I'm not getting ready to criticize and and badger someone about anything. If you if you if there's nothing that you can do to help that person, then you need to move on. And to um, I can't remember who just said this, but when to me, if you are going to to you have to that person has to also be open to the seeds that you're planting. Mm-hmm. So if that person is completely closed off, then you know then you're not planting seeds in fertile soil because they're mm-hmm. not open to it. They're not they're they're not prepared for that. So it has to be. I think it has to be an internal desire. And so I don't think that people are always just broken. But we are flawed, and I think that there's a big yeah. difference between being broken and being flawed, and that, and I guess that's where, when we're talking about these words and 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 how we look at everything, a flawed person is very different. We're gonna have things that we're not going to that I think works better than this. That doesn't make a person broken because you disagree mm-hmm. with them. It just doesn't. So, you know, I can look at my myself and say that when I was with my son's father, I felt like he didn't pay bills the way that I felt they should be paid, not because something was wrong with him or that he was broken. It was just that I, would, I did a better job of it. So I said, I said to him, why don't you just give me the money and let me do this? It wasn't an argument. It wasn't. You don't know what you're doing. You blow up. It, it wasn't any of that. It was just how do we make this work, um, you know. And so to me, when you talk about being a help meet and things like that, those are the things that I think where where, where someone else has a weakness and you have a strength, you just have to be open to to building when it's two people that have come together. But people have to be open. Realizes that because I, like you said, I'm an adult. So all of those other things, been there, done that. I've been in relationships where I was not really clear. We still trying to figure it out, like, what do you mean about this? And for me, I just didn't have time for all of those things. Like, I'm so past that stage in my life where, you know, time is very important to me. So I'm not trying to waste your time, and I definitely don't need you wasting my time. So let me be very clear in explaining who I am and what I'm what I'm coming to the table with. I'm not even trying to hide behind anything. I'm going to be very clear, clean, and raw. So this is me. So if you're expecting X, Y, and Z, that you're not going to get that from me. This is what you should be expecting. And let me ask you this, you know, that way you spend so much time, um, you know, getting past, all of the, the, you know, the garbage, 
or you, you get past all of those things in the beginning, and then you don't have to waste time down the line. Who has time to waste time? Nobody. So it's better to be up clear, up front, mm-hmm. you know, knowing exactly what you're coming to, to the table with, knowing exactly what your intentions are, being extremely clear, because relationships in and of itself is work. So why would I want to work towards something that may not even be workable? If I can alleviate half of that stuff before we even take it to the next level, God bless us all because it takes away from extra energy that does not have to be used and that can be used towards the building of a solid relationship opposed to a a bunch of uh, fictitious or false, you know, falsifying just to make it seem good, you know. So I put this mask on, this persona right. of who I want, think you want me to be, opposed to just being straight up and real and in the raw, you know. So I appreciate that. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like what we're really getting to is that what people are not doing is figuring out if they're compatible with people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that and that really seems like the bottom line. And we don't want to stop to figure out if we're compatible, because we're led by things that have nothing to do with building a real strong relationship. You're looking at what he looks like, how much money he makes, how much this, and so you're impressed by that. And then when he's not what you expect him to be, or maybe he does have right. some, some serious issues. But you didn't take the time to figure out if he had them mm-hmm. because you were caught up on something else or some other place where you are in your life. And Lower so, desire. Yeah, your lower mm-hmm. desire, yep. all mm-hmm. of those things, everything. And then you figure out after it's like, oh, my God, I went through all of this with this man. I, he's this and he's that. And, I, and so really sometimes I think what you're trying to fix is that you're trying to save face. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you yes. entered into something that you know you had no business entering, <laughs> and so to save face, you want to try to repair and to fix something that really has no remedy because yeah. you had no business with the person to begin with because you didn't take the time to get to know who that person was or you weren't on the same page. You knew going into the situation that you wanted something that he didn't want or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And so now... Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and and now it's like, oh my God, this this is not working out. It's not working out because you weren't on the same page. Because you right. knew you wanted to get married, and this man didn't want to get married. Mm-hmm. But you think you can change him? And a lot of people fall victim to, I well, he see he just hasn't had this type of love before. <laughs> he just hasn't had this before. But he's, he's not looking it. for it. He's not looking for it. Because, and it is like what my quote said, if that's what he's looking for, he's going to tell you at the onset. Right. And this is to, to thy own self be true. To thy own self be true. Because don't start nothing that you really ain't trying to finish. That too. Don't start nothing and get involved in anything that really deep down inside that's really not what you want. Maybe you're just trying to pass time. Maybe you're bored. Maybe you just want a little comfort food. And sometimes people go into relationships for comfort food, not physical food, but other types of food because it makes them comfortable. It reminds them back in the day. It reminds them of a previous relationship. It warms them. It keeps a a warm body next to them in bed or out the bed because it prevents them from facing the true self, which is in the mirror. So sometimes to prevent prevent us from really doing the work of the man or woman in the mirror, we actually add some other extra luggage, additional luggage, you know, to our circle, which now complicates things because we never did the real work that we should have been doing in the first place so that we can maybe prepare ourselves properly to add someone else to the equation. And we have to be wise enough, I guess, to see the signs at the onset, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the beginning. Right. Be and that's why I think it's so important that we, you know, well, at least this is one of the things I did, and this is a, a, a tip or, you know, just some little wisdom pearls that I would give, you know, 
and I'm sure we all have done this at certain point, but it's nothing wrong with having a conversation with yourself. After you've discovered who you are and you figure out exactly, you know, what you're dealing with with yourself, then just simply begin to create a list. Now, some people say, well, you shouldn't create a list, but I think why not? We create a list for everything else we want. When we're getting ready to enter into um, legal contracts, um, whether we're about to purchase a house, we already know all the things that we want in the house, the idea of things that we would like to have. We know what we would want in, you know, purchasing a car. I want a sunroof. I want leather seats, you know. I want a four-wheel drive, you know. I want this or that. So what's the difference or what's wrong with maybe writing all of those things out, your true desires of what it is that you're looking for in a mate and what your expectations are? That way, you already know before you even get to that point. And so then when it comes, you're, it's easy for you to identify it. Now, it doesn't mean that you're going to get everything necessarily on your list, but it does give you a basis, you know, for being able to invite what it is that you're looking for into your life and prepare yourself because if this is, if we put a list one through ten and this is at number two, this is at number three as being most important or whatever, then what do I have to do if number two on my list is um, a job, <laughs> you know, I want them to have employment or I want, you know, what is it that now I need to do to match that? Because sometimes we want things that we wouldn't even we, that we don't even require necessarily of ourselves, and I'm not talking in terms of the equal of it, but we may be asking for something that we ourselves may not necessarily be willing to do in terms of working on our on our own our on our own self. You know, we'll want this, that, and the other, but we don't want to do work on ourselves. So my thing is, after you've created this list, after you've gotten to know what it is that you want, then get to working on yourself, not necessarily looking for all those things in the mate now, wonder where he's at, wonder where he's at, wonder when he's coming. Get to looking at that sister in the mirror. Get to looking at that brother in the mirror and begin to go to work diligently on yourself. And once you begin to build and you begin to perfect yourself, then you will begin to see that other person manifested because sometimes we'll see the person before we even start working on ourselves, but we're not going to recognize them because we haven't cleaned up our own house. So, again, it messes up, messes our vision up or it messes with our vision, you know, because it's now cloudy. But once we clear and clean the smoke, then it's easy for us to see, like, man, he's been standing right here all along, but I didn't even recognize him because I had so much dirt around me. I had so much that I needed to clean up that it wasn't even possible for me to even be able to see it. That's why we should always, we should focus on not intimacy. People get intimate too soon in a relationship, mm -hmm. and then when it doesn't mm -hmm. work out, because you've got intimate, you've got all emotional, emotionally intertwined with this person, you're devastated when that relationship doesn't end the way you want it to. Or you don't get the result in that relationship. Because once you start getting intimate, then you got these emotions and this energy that, that shouldn't be going on. And then and what, is not, what does that do? It clouds your thinking. It, it's yeah, like an, it's intox, it's an intoxicant. And now you are you know, messed up in the mind because you can't even see straight. What does alcohol do to someone? It impairs their vision if they have too many drinks. And so I've heard um, Minister Louis Farrakhan compare to the same thing, you know, being intoxicated, you know, by having a physical relationship, it clouds your thinking. It prevents you from being able to clearly see what you actually have on the table. It impairs your judgment. And we don't want our judgment to be impaired. You know, you don't want to invite people um, to have a conversation and they're intoxicated because ain't no telling what might come out. You don't want to invite someone to get you, you know, a, a couple of miles up the way and they're intoxicated because you might go off on the deep end because you're not thinking straight. You're not thinking at your best. We're at our best when our minds are clear. We're at our best when we can see, you know, 
We have the perfect prescription, but our prescription can't be perfect. Again, like you said, Hakima, if, you know, we have now entered into this physical relationship, because now we're high as hell. <laughs> you know, now it's like, whoa, you know. And, and people know exactly, you know, exactly what to do. Think about when people are selling houses, you know. They want to entice you sometimes, so they might put some brownies in the oven, right? They may put a little <laughs> scent and smell table, right? to invite you to make you feel like, man, this is no place like home. Man, this food just feels so good. Remind me of Granny's Kitchen. And so now your, you know, decision-making has um, changed because you had something else to influence it that if it was not there, you can see it clearly. This is one of the reasons I know that we're taught, like, the the difference of even the way in which different people may have services, you know, in their temples or in their churches or in their mosques. Some people may believe that, hey, we got, in order to get the spirit going, we got to have the tambourines, we have to have the singing, we have to have the shouting, we have to have the praising, you know, and lifting up of the name so that we can, you know, be able to to bring it home where others may feel like, you know, no, we just want to get straight to the word because we don't want to pull up these emotions. We want to be able to hear and clearly listen to what is being said so that when we leave, we can have a clear understanding void of anything that's going to pull out our emotions. So if you even go to different uh, funeral services, or you're not very different, you know, some people feel like, hey, we need those extra things. But sometimes the extra things may actually cloud our thinking. So I do agree exactly with what you just stated, uh, Hakima, in terms of um, the emotions, um, you know, with relationships or the intimacy and how it could definitely um, impair our judgment for making a proper decision. I was going to go on another uh, another thought as far as it it pertains to women um, feeling the need to repair, particularly black men. Um, And this is not necessarily about relationships per se, but just the whole idea of feeling like there's something wrong with our men. Uh, You see a lot of people talking about it just from the standpoint of black men not standing up for black women. Uh, black men not doing this is always something that you're pointing out and feeling like we need to do something extra to 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 change them or to make them uh, better men for us in terms of protecting. I don't know. It, that's just something else that I was just thinking about when we, when we were talking about mm. people who think like that because they're looking at it from other standpoints too, and not just. Mm. Relationship, or maybe they are looking at it like that too, saying, "Well, you know, they they won't even do this, so how can we even depend on them to be in relationships with us?" And unfortunately, a lot of what you say. Some of that is learned behavior too. Is I'm repeating what I heard from someone else. Right. Absolutely. Say, give me an example. Well, you know, is and they'll go into some generalization. So sometimes some of that does come from generalizations and, I agree. and being, fitting and fitting in because this what this what all the other women are saying that's not women bonding or that's not men bonding when we bash each other and then we don't have independent thought you know a lot of people a lot of us may not have an ounce of independent thinking so our thinking is based on only what we read our thinking is based solely on what we've seen in media so if media is telling us that our black men are not there for us if every time you look on the TV, they're telling you what your statistics in your community, you know, is or is not, they're calling, you know, the numbers. And then what happens over a period of time when you allow them to give you this information and you don't do your own research or come from your own experience, then you adapt and you take theirs, whoever they are, <laughs> whether that <laughs> is the media or whomever. But we'll take that, you know, and make it the marker for us making our decisions. So if they tell us that there are more men that's incarcerated and therefore the black woman is, you know, uh, missing out or whatever, we, we take that and we run with it. And we sound pretty foolish, again, when the question is asked, well, where are you basing this on? Where would you get these, this information from? And, like, 
you know, and I would say this to many of my friends who knew me. I'm like, where, you know, and I get it. I do get it, but my experience, all I can say is my experience was very different. Mm-hmm. You know, I've just been blessed to always be around some really wonderful mm-hmm. men who wanted to be committed, who wanted to be in a relationship. Now, that does not mean that those men were men that were for me, because if they were, mm-hmm. you know, I would be in a relationship with them, but that wasn't the case. These, But, but Allah showed me that, man, you're running into some beautiful people, beautiful brothers who will make excellent husbands for somebody. Mm-hmm. Well, again, that was the frequency that I was on. And it wasn't necessarily that maybe I was even looking for that, but that was just the energy that I maintained. And so, therefore, you know, as we say, as a man thinking, you know, so is he, you know. And there is an energy field, there, which is real that will extract and pull forth what it is that you need, the same as with the earth. The earth is created to be able to give us exactly what we need, nothing less than that. So the same way we can attract what it is that we need based on where we are, based on where we are. So oftentimes we have women, because of their unfortunate experiences, that will take the pain and then they take that pain and they're upset, they're angry, they're mad. So then you get that term, angry, mad, black woman, you know, which that's a conversation for the royal empress all within itself, right? Because <laughs> we're all black women and all of us have been mad and angry at some point, right? But that term in and of itself, angry black woman. But we will take the pain, and because we may not know how to properly dispose of the pain, we carry it around like extra baggage and extra luggage. Well, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite um, songs, and I've done a couple of workshops on this, um, my bag lady workshop, which shows and displays how we as women carry all this extra baggage, as the song talks about from Erica Badu, bag lady. And when you think about that, you know, as she's talking, telling you about the different types of bags, you know, we carry so much weight, so much baggage. And, like, there's a part of the song where it's talking about you're going to miss your bus. you got too much stuff. <laughs> Basically, the bus driver is going to see you coming, and he's going to keep it moving because he ain't even trying to pick you up. And he got a whole damn bus. <laughs> but he, he don't even want to pick you up because you come in with all this extra luggage. Who wants extra luggage? You know, who wants to take you in all the bags that you have when they already have their own bags? So we have to lighten up our load, and we have to be careful that we're not bringing past relationships, past pain, past hurt into the next phase of our life because then we're only going to attract what we already have, more luggage. That comes with accountability too. And that, that mm-hmm. that's the ability to really look inside and, and, and see yourself for who you really are um, and what you're bringing mm-hmm. to the table. I know that I've told people, when I, I had people ask me, I can't believe you're not married. Why aren't you married? I said, because I made bad choices. I didn't mm. accuse the man of being bad. There you go. So important, Akita. So important. <laughs> I and made so bad real. choices. So, so real. you, and that's one of the things that if we we would accept that for ourselves and know that it's not always just them. It's it's where's your accountability in it? Where you sometimes you really are complicit. Praise the true and living God, right? <laughs> yeah, so you just got to be truthful with yourself. Maybe maybe it's nothing wrong with him. Right. Now, that is, that's a beauty. That, that's just some wisdom. God, that's some good wisdom. You know, and as I said earlier, looking in the mirror, that's why it's so important. And making sure you don't have a cracked up, faulty mirror either. Because <laughs> you want to clearly be able to see yourself. But you're right. Accountability. Every. You know, and we have to be careful when we do hear this, and this is why the sisterhood is so important, because even when we see our sisters doing this, you know, we have to correct one another. Well, did you have any fault in it? Did you play a role in it? Well, you know, and a lot of people oftentimes are trying to escape. You know, they're trying to escape the responsibility. They don't want to be accountable. 
Why? Because accountability means that you will have to look at yourself. And the average person does not want to look at themselves because it's just too ugly. Too ugly because it's so much and it will require so much work and maybe we are not ready for that work yet. So I think that's beautiful, well stated, you know, speaking of being accountable for, you know, what you brought to the table that may not necessarily be so fresh and clean. And and I look at relationships, you know, past relationships as learning opportunities. There's not a relationship for me anyways that I had that I didn't learn something from. And if I'm blessed to learn something, then the relationship, it served me well. Even if it might have been painful or even if it was something similar to what I experienced before, but if I was able to get it, and now I'm able to use it, even if it's being able to use it to serve someone else, maybe not necessarily myself, you know. So I think that is great that we mention accountability because, again, oftentimes we're not trying to be accountable. We want to just put the blame off on everybody but ourselves just because of the pain of having to be forced to look in the mirror and work on ourselves because that's hard work. Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Empress, please visit the website royalempress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization. All rights reserved.